Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. Today's episode is so special to me because it is my incredible doula, Moran, sharing her three birth stories and the enormous amount of wisdom she's gained in her over eight years of being a doula. Moran features in quite a few of PBA's birth stories, so it gives me the greatest pleasure to share with you all this incredible woman. Enjoy. Finally, Moran, you're on the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Could you just quickly tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you live and who's in your family? Okay, so I live in Brisbane, Australia, and I've got uh, my husband and my three girls. Um, My eldest is 16. I've got an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old. Oh, that sounds fun. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Did you plan your pregnancies with all of the girls? Uh, well, with Bella, it was kind of unplanned. Uh, we didn't, while well, we were kind of, we, I got married quite young and yeah. we said, you know, if it happens, it happens and it happened quite quickly. Mm. And so, uh, I was pregnant with her when I was 23. So oh, wow. yeah, I didn't really know much about anything at 23 when it came to yeah. pregnancy. Did you have any <laughs> friends around you that had had babies or not really? No, not really. So I was kind of one of the first, uh, at my work as most of my kind of friends were through work and, mm-hmm. um, nobody kind of had any babies around kind of that age. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was really happy about the pregnancy and I really kind of, and I kind of had a really easy pregnancy as well. I didn't have any morning sickness. I didn't really feel pregnant. Mm. Um, and so I loved being pregnant. I really did. Yeah. But uh, I kind of knew nothing about birth. what it meant yeah. Yeah, and what birth meant. So I didn't yeah. really kind of challenge myself and mm. look into it further. Um, and how was that think, birth? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it all comes down to the preparation that I did really. And yeah. with uh, kind of Bella's birth, I, the only book that I read was what to expect when you're expecting, Okay. Uh, which is the worst book. Is it? I've <laughs> never read it. I've heard of it. It's pretty bad. Is so it? Okay. It really, so don't read that. <laughs> don't read that book. I don't recommend it for someone who's wanting to really 
get the tools you need for your birthing day. It's not because that's quite a popular book, isn't it? It is, but it focused. It in, was anyway. Yeah, but a lot of mums still kind of reach out for it. Like when I look online, a yeah. lot of mums are selling off that book after their pregnancies and kind of you know. Right. Okay. Um, but. What I think that book just gives you is kind of developmentally where the baby's at Mm -hmm. during your, you know, the first trimester, second trimester and so forth. And it's not really giving you tools in terms of what to expect on your birthing day, what emotions you're going through, how to prepare or anything like that. It talks a lot about intervention and things like that, but it doesn't really give you anything for you. Yeah. And so that was like my Bible. I like, you know, hit 13 weeks. I used to look at the book going, Oh, what happens at 13? You know, like Mm -hmm. every single stage I used to look at that book and that Mm -hmm. was it. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we found out that, you know, we were having a baby, I kind of went to my GP. He said to me, do you have private health? And I said, yeah. And we were kind of going, wow, we have private health. We can actually use it, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So he gave me a list of obstetricians to choose from. And, um, she was due around April time. So it was Easter. So a lot of obstetricians were (gasps) away. Aries baby. That's like me. Aries baby. Fire, fire. (laughs) Lots of fire. Lots of fire. Um, and so it was really hard for me to find one. And so mm-hmm. I finally found one. And um, with him, I was kind of sitting more in the waiting area than I was actually seeing him. So I remember oh, wow. I used to sit there for hours waiting <gasps> for him to go in. How and then annoying. I was only with him for like 10 minutes. And he would just kind of, you know, do the quick ultrasound and just check my vitals. And, and then it was like, okay, you're out kind of thing. And I just, yeah. I didn't know that like for me that was substandard care like I just I felt like I needed more than that but he wasn't really giving it to me I thought you know Mm. maybe that's just how it is yeah like he's the expert exactly he knows what I need and so I just let it off and I would just brush it off and so as the months went by I remember around 37 weeks I went to see him and he said to me okay well I'm gonna book you in on your due date for an induction. Um, if you go, don't go into labor by then, then we'll, you come to the hospital, we'll get you induced. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what that meant. And yeah. so I, I had a little bit of fear over that because I really didn't educate myself on what an induction means or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I just kind of brushed off and kind of, I said, well, I'll just go with the flow. He's the expert. Yeah. And so, Which is what a lot of women do, I Yeah, guess. you know what I mean? And yeah. I really kind of just relied on him to guide me and Mm -hmm. really didn't take the initiative myself Mm. to kind of source out different information and kind of look into it further and this was before the era of like google and all that so you kind of really had of course you had to really source out information never thought about that um, properly um but then i actually went into spontaneous labor awesome uh two days before my estimated due date oh wow um but mine was a bit of a kind of a tricky one when it came to my birth because I didn't when I had my first contraction um I had a lot of childhood trauma and so when I had my first contraction my I literally turned into kind of like the archetype of a child I kind of went back in time and I kind of go oh no 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 I'm not ready to have a baby I'm not ready to have a baby and I just I went into a full-blown panic attack and I was like, felt like I just couldn't do it. Mm. I just couldn't do it. I didn't want this to happen. I wasn't ready to be a mom. 
I was like, what the hell am I doing? Why did I do this to myself? And I, there were wow. so many thoughts going through my head. So none of that had come into was, your head until that first contraction? None of it. And I didn't deal with any of the trauma that I had yeah. as a child. It was all unresolved stuff. Yeah. And, so um, interesting. So that just came, just full on blown up into my head. And I was just like, oh, my God, what do I do with this? And yeah. so I told my husband to call the hospital. Mm-hmm. And to say that I want a cesarean, I can't. This is too much. I just can't do wow, it. Wow, really? I can't do it. I just yeah. cannot deal with this. It was It was more, it wasn't the pain. Yeah. Because nothing was, was going on in my head. Yeah, all And so um, he had no idea what to do. So he rang the hospital and he said to the midwife, my wife is requesting a cesarean. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, listen, I'm sorry, but we don't offer cesarean as a method of pain relief. Yeah. And, um, he said that to me and I was like, Hmm. oh my God, I'm actually going to have to do this. Like I, there's no way out. It was literally like, you know how you go on a roller coaster and they put like that seatbelt over you Mm -hmm. and you're going up and you're (laughs) like, can't get off. can't get off. And I was like, oh my God, I just want to get off. I just want to get off. I just can't do it. Oh, I can't even imagine that feeling. It was horrible. So then, um, I had to go through the labor. So every mm-hmm. contraction was torment in my head more than it was in my body. Wow, that is heavy stuff. Oh, my God. It was just – it was overwhelming. It mm-hmm. was taking over me. It was it was torture. It was like li- literally <gasps> top of trauma in my head of like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. And so at my birth, I chose to have my husband there and my sister. And my sister was also – um, she went also through the trauma that I went as, as a child. So we had mm-hmm. our issues in terms of that. And so when I looked at her face for support, all I saw her was looking at me with like, I don't know what to do to help you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she was just, it wasn't, it wasn't security. I saw in her face. It was more like you're making me. Yeah. And so I wasn't getting the support from my husband because he didn't know what to do. I wasn't getting the support from my sister. I remember uh, being uh, at one stage being at the hospital and the midwife talking over me while I was having a contraction to my husband about like what's happening, like how the weather was outside. It was just like it was Mm, really – yeah, it was just like I was there, but I wasn't there. Yeah. And it, it was just like the waves of the contractions were kind of taking over me. And by mm. the end of it, I was like, I can't do this. Just please numb it out. And so um, they administered an epidural. Mm-hmm. And with my luck, the epidural only worked on half of my body. Oh, so on one side, it was working. On the other side, I could feel. Oh, and no. so um, and that kind of went on for two days. So I was in labor for two days. Wait, what? Um, yeah, it was 48 hours. It was exactly 48 hours before she was born. So from the time I had my first contraction oh till the time God. I had her was two days. That's intense. Yeah, so it was two days of labor. And then the obstetrician came in like the knight in shining armor. Yeah. And um, he just came into the room. He, I remember he said to me, are you ready to have this baby? And I was like boy yes. girl alien I don't care what the hell this this thing is and they just take the freaking oh, thing out God. yeah I mean I was wait I was so gone. why did it take them two days um, I was on drugs like it was just you know I was so because when I arrived in the hospital I wasn't ready at all I was probably not even closely dilated or effaced like it was just nothing was happening you know what I mean okay. I was too early 
Um, but because it was private care, they let me hang around and yeah, he maybe had appointments. You just don't know. Yeah, you know, so true. Yeah. Um, so did yeah, you end so, up having a cesarean with her? No. So I had uh, forceps, episiotomy, the whole shebang. I actually didn't mm. know I had an episiotomy until I became a doula when I knew, when I kind of became more educated, I knew that a forceps mm. goes with episiotomy because he never asked me mm. to do an episiotomy. Um, wow. and yeah, when she came out and when they on my, uh, cause they wrapped her, they didn't do skin to skin mm-hmm. at the time. They kind of wrapped her and gave her to me. I remember thinking, um, what just happened here? Yeah. Like I, I felt really numb. Mm. I definitely did not get that oxytocin high of, Oh my God, I love her. And yeah. I want to bond with her. And this is the most amazing experience. I literally felt like, why do women do this yeah. to themselves? I mean, I don't blame you. Like, why? And then they put her in that little kind of, you know, that kind of bassinet that they put in the hospital, that clear yeah. bassinet. And I remember I looked at her and I said to my husband, adore her because this is the last biological child you're ever having <sighs> for me. This is not, never. No more. This is not. Yeah. And so, um, I struggled with breastfeeding and when I remember when we left the hospital, I didn't get how they were just allowing me to leave when I just didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? It was just not, it was just, everything was like a struggle. And then I had severe anxiety, more like debilitating. I started having panic attacks and all of that is like, now that I understand as kind of as a doula, all of that stemmed from unresolved stuff. Your childhood? birth yeah Yeah. that I work on and that just has a way of unraveling in your birth and then you have Mm. that second trauma of not being supported and not being heard and everything that happened in the birth and then I had that compounding on top of it so I kind of left Mm. the hospital feeling like I'm this incapable mother Mm. don't like how could I just not do something that women just are supposed to be doing wow that is so intense and so yeah it took me like I think I cried for a year every day mm. like it was just oh it gosh. got it was so debilitating that I couldn't leave the house like I was so anxious could not leave wow. the house um but I just I knew like for me I was very strong and very strong minded and I kind yeah. of knew that I had to wake up for myself yeah. and yeah. find a way to get myself out of it and I, I'm not the type of person who likes to take medication and I'm not into, mm-hmm. like I'm into natural ways of doing things. And I mm-hmm. believe in the mind body connection. I always have. Mm-hmm. And I just started working on myself. I started seeing a psychologist. I started working on the trauma I had previously, the birth trauma mm-hmm. and everything started to make sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I created this. Like I, I, I didn't deal with stuff that I needed to deal with. And this is why it came back. You know I mean? Not yeah. that it's my fault, but I needed to be active in what was happening to be able to have a different result. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then I could start seeing again. Like I literally was like, I, it was like, I took off that black cloud on top of me and I kind of go, there has to be another way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that kind of started my path. Um, and then, yeah, so it took years. And so uh, we moved from, I had my first daughter in Sydney and we moved up to the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. And um, about three and a half years later, uh, you know, I said to my husband, I think I'm, I'm ready 
to have another baby. I just felt like I'm ready. And I came from a family of three and I really wanted that noise in the house mm. of children playing, and, you know, to kind of feel that livelihood and all that, um, you know, just see, kind of seeing the joy of children and having, I wanted, yeah. really wanted that. And so we tried to have another one. We got pregnant and um, a friend of a friend said to me, uh, like a friend recommended one of her friends who had a doula. And and I had no idea what a doula was. Yeah, and I was, course. you know, it was two thousand like seven or something. Yeah, and I was so like, true. What the a doula? So I actually researched, <gasps> and I was like, oh my god, I want one of these. I want these <laughs> because I just this is was was my missing link yeah. at the first birth. I needed somebody there that is neutral to the family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is somebody there who can normalize the birth for me I can know what my triggers are so that if I reach that point again they know what to say because they've known me you know what I mean they've created that trust relationship with me and that can educate me on what I need for birth you know what I mean and so um I hired that that doula and I saw her for maybe about three sessions mm-hmm. um she was amazing. Like she just kind of, you know, I knew that she had all her babies. She had about three girls at the time that she had home births and, um, she trusted birth. She just knew what it looked like. She knew, you know, how it sounded like she gave me so many books to read, videos to watch. We talked about Mm -hmm. what I need and, um, we debriefed the previous birth. We did all of that and I just felt really ready. Um, only thing I did like the first time is that I hired a private private obstetrician on the Gold Coast, and I think that was my security blanket. Mm-hmm. My what if kind of happened. Yeah. And, um, he was a really nice guy, um, but he just you know he was the cesarean king of the Gold Coast. Like you know that's he oh, that really was. But he <laughs> he was like really nice. Like every appointment, you know, he gave the time to listen to me. But I I didn't know till later that he was medical and so I had one of his appointments with me he kind of slipped the epidural consent form across to me mm. and he said Maria, can you please just um sign that so we have that for the birthing day and I was like I said to him no I'm actually not going to have an epidural this time and he gave a little bit of a chuckle <laughs> he said you know women, they changed their oh, mind God. that was that and um I kind of, I really had a really good pregnancy with my second and I went into labor just a day after her estimated due date. Oh, and nice. yeah, I was pretty like, I, I had my babies pretty close to their estimated due date. Mm. Um, and I woke up in the middle of the night and I remember it was about three o'clock in the middle of the night and I felt that first sensation and it reminded me of that first sensation I had with my first labor. Mm-hmm. And because I did so much mental preparation, when I had that sensation, I was like, Oh my God, it's going to happen. I'm going to show myself what I'm capable of. Mm. And I went back to sleep. So powerful. <laughs> and I literally, I just went back to sleep. Amazing. I went back to sleep and then uh, morning time came and they were getting just a little bit more intense and and I put my TENS machine on and um, we went for a walk. We lived quite close to um, like the beach there and, and the Gold Coast and 
I just remember going for a walk over this bridge and just looking at the boats going by and just stopping, having a contraction, continuing on. And then we went to a bakery. I remember having a croissant, having a contraction, <laughs> continuing on. It was just like, it was really beautiful. It was really, really nice. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't scared. That's the biggest part that I remember. I just wasn't scared. There was yeah. No fear involved. There was complete trust, which yeah. polar opposite of my first. And so as the contractions got more intense, I uh, my husband rang the doula. He said to come. And then she was with me. We went for another walk together. And then I said to her, I feel like I need to be at home. And then mm-hmm. my waters broke at home. Um, and I said to my doula, um, I feel like they're really getting intense now. And then she, she could tell already that this is, this is really happening. And she said to me, listen, I think that you're ready to hospital because I think we're having a baby soon. And the minute that she said hospital, and I knew that my doula, which I don't do, but she attended what what are kind of called free births where there's no midwife in attendance. Um, you could just, she could just be there without a midwife. And I, I don't attend births like that myself because I feel like it's out of my scope of practice, but mm-hmm. she, she did. And I knew that in the back of my head and, but I never planned to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that split second, I don't know, I cannot even explain to you what was going on in my head. But at that split second, when she said, let's go to the hospital, I said to her, no. I'm not going to the hospital. I said to her, fill up the bathtub. Wow. I'm going to have to be home. And she, really? Yeah, so she, I remember wow. she ran upstairs. She filled up my bathtub. I got in and I was like, this just feels right. It just feels so oh right. Oh my God, yeah. that's incredible. Um, and right before I had her, like as I was in second stage having her, I remember I got that inkling of fear like I did with my first it must have been that hit of adrenaline Mm -hmm. coming creeping up and I looked at her and I said to her I'm really scared like I feel like I'm gonna faint like I feel like I'm gonna literally faint because I was having that panic yeah and she said to me no you're just birthing your baby it's okay and I remember looking into her eyes and I was like yeah I'm just birthing my baby and she was born like a couple of minutes later and that was it oh so yeah it was the most amazing. amazing birth ever and I can't even explain to you the hormones that I was feeling and I could have had a baby like a week later like I felt that good it was just incredible you know what I mean my husband was so proud like because he was traumatized by that first birth it's like he was oh I can imagine it was great it was and that's what kind of opened my eyes to like oh my god this is what this is what it can look like look like this is what women have been keeping a secret like (laughs) be like and it was just amazing and that kind of sparked me into that oh my god I want to do this I need to do this yes wow that is so amazing it's great so did you just feel completely healed after that experience it felt like I was reborn it literally felt like I was reborn it felt like um the old person and you hear that a lot yeah a lot of women say that it's yeah. just a completely like it's just it literally kind of shed the old me and kind of go you are wow. strong you've just been keeping it a secret you've just been keeping it inside mm. of you but this is who you truly are and so I was mm. just I wow. felt amazing so powerful I felt absolutely amazing and I, I know the feeling it's just 
it's just it just changes you it completely changes you yeah Whew, that's powerful yeah. stuff. So after her birth, did you cope better because you weren't suffering yes. from all of that trauma? Exactly. So I had no postnatal depression or anxiety. Um, and mm. that's not just because I had this really incredible birth. Because even with my third, I had um, – actually, it was longer than my first. I had a posterior labor with her. Mm-hmm. Even with her, I had the same doula and – I just felt amazing afterwards. So it was a hard labor because she was posterior. So it wasn't, I kind of can't say it's just down to, it was an amazing birth. It was much quicker than the first time. And I'm not a person who has quick labors. Like my first was 48 hours. My mm. my second was still 17 hours, you know what I mean? And my third, she was like two days and a half. You know what I mean? Like wow. it was, I don't have quick labors. Mm. But I felt with my second and my third, I felt amazing afterwards. Like I was back to myself I was I didn't have any personal anxiety or depression I just I was me but better better it was (laughs) testament to the preparation that I did you know I mean if I didn't do that preparation I don't believe I wouldn't have yeah Yeah. and that was like three years of you working hard to get to that headspace yes so I there's a four and a half year age gap between Bella and my and Portia oh okay so there's there was a lot of time for healing. Like I was, I was resigned to Bella being an only child. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of healing time and I needed to kind of wake up to myself and kind of go, you can't just stay in this victim role. You need to, there's got to be a better way. And And that's not an easy thing to do either to, you know, look at yourself and think, am I the reason this pain is being prolonged? Yeah. Well, I felt like I was stopping myself from getting better. I was looking at myself like, oh, you know, for a while I was kind of like, poor me, you know what I mean? That victim mentality. Exactly. You know what I mean? Which is so normal. It's so normal. And it's good for a short amount of time to do that and kind of grieve that, you know what I mean? But if I was going to do it forever, I would have been this horrible mother to Bella and I would not been able to have that experience that I had and do everything that I'm doing yeah. today. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, I feel like now that birth, the Bella's birth has got me on the path that I am today because now when I am with mums and I do see them going through some struggle or having, you can relate. I can relate to that. Yeah. Which is kind of an amazing skill for you to have as a doula because you can empathize and yeah. understand people on a deeper level. Exactly. Yeah. So take us to your third birth. Okay. So with my third birth, um, we we planned to have the third one and that was going to be it. I felt in the pregnancy, mm-hmm. this is it. We were done. <laughs> yeah. So with my third one, I, I suffer from low blood pressure. So I had a few issues kind of low blood pressure and kind of feeling lots of kind of fainting spells in her pregnancy. So I was kind of like with that and having low iron mm-hmm. because I was a new most of it like most of my pregnancies and but it was more profound with my last um mm-hmm. and yeah her pregnancy again it was just it, I think the first three months were a struggle and then uh around you know I, I was gonna go through uh the birthing center on the Gulf Coast and I was one suburb away from getting in oh, damn. to to get in and so they weren't actually gonna take me on because I, I was one suburb out of catchment to get into the birthing. So can I ask why yep. you chose to go to a birthing center when you just had a beautiful home birth with Portia? I couldn't get a midwife to come to where I was. I was living near. Okay. I just couldn't get a midwife to come 
to the house to tap to, to the house. house. Okay, gotcha. So I was like, my right. next best okay. thing is the birthing center. A birthing, a birthing center. center, and they've got good ones. They've on the got Gold they've Coast got a too. really good birthing center on the Gold Coast. Um, but yeah. because again, I was closer to Mount Tambourine, I was out of catchment for the birthing center. Right. Okay. So I really wanted to get in, and my sister was in catchment. <gasps> And so I, so I gave my sister's address <laughs> to get in. That's so awesome. um, I remember the midwife had to do one home visit and I rushed to my sister's house, got all the photos on the wall. And I was like, oh, yes, I do no. live here. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I did anything I could do to get into the birthing center. Yeah, it was really, I really wanted to get into the birthing center. So I got into yeah. the birthing center. I, so you got, I in. got a really good team of midwives there. Um, and they were amazing. They were really amazing. And so with her, I actually went into labor at 38 weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah, which was really unexpected. Mm. I was uh, watching MasterChef. <laughs> it was eight o'clock. <laughs> and I felt like I peed myself. And that was my water. Really? So, yeah, it was just like there was no other sign to labor, but my water's breaking. Yeah, right. So, yeah, and that was really strange because every time my waters went when I was in second stage, I didn't have my waters go uh-huh. earlier than when I'm in actual active labor. And so um, I was like, that feels a bit strange. So I went to the toilet and I was like, okay. So then I called the midwife and I said, I think my waters just broke. And she said to me, okay, well, come in. Let's just uh, put a pad on. We'll just check what's going on. And so put a pad on she didn't do any vaginal examinations um and she just put this little swab on the pad and she confirmed that it was amniotic fluid and she said to me well it's monday night no it was like yeah it was monday night she said to me if you don't go into labor by friday then um we'll talk about induction like we don't have to talk about induction now and that's really not mm-hmm. done today. They don't give you like, you know, the whole week. <laughs> no, wow. It's, what is it now? Like 24 hours? Well, or 24 hours. Like eight yeah, antibiotic, but 24 hours, really. They won't labor. Yeah, okay. um, mm-hmm. So I was like, great. So went back home and then. Uh, around- no contractions at that point? At that point, around midnight, I started having them, but it was a back labor. And okay. so I labored from that night for around two days, uh, oh my back labor, back and forth. And I went to the birthing center, uh, I think two or three times during those 24, uh, those 48 hours thinking, yep, I'm ready to have this baby. And I walk into the hospital, my contractions stop psychologically I <gasps> from having a baby. <laughs> oh, so like wow. I, my head and I felt that. Not very well. So, like, it was literally, I walk into the hospital, really good labor, and then it completely stops. By the third time I walked in, the midwife, I remember, she looked at me, she goes, please don't call me again unless there's a baby popping out. (laughs) So, I was like, I literally, when we drove back home, I felt so defeated. And um, my doula was with me. The poor thing, she was with me on her birthday. She was amazing. She was absolutely amazing. And I said to my husband, if this baby comes out at home, yeah. so be it. We'll have another home birth because yeah. I'm not walking into that birthing center unless there's a baby coming out of my vagina. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so we went back home and she said to me, well, the last visit with a midwife at the birthing center, she said to me, 
you need to just chill the freak out. You need to just go home, mm. st- get out of your head and just let your body do its thing because you're stopping it, thinking you're coming into the hospital again kind of thing. I was literally mm-hmm. stopping it. So it's then, so crazy how much our minds can affect oh my, things. Yeah. So then we went home. It was nighttime and I, my husband was like dead tired because he was awake the whole time with me and um, he fell asleep. And then I tried to fall asleep and then, then they started ramping up. Like they ramped up and they ramped up and they ramped up and it just wouldn't stop. Um, and I was feeling in my back and then it was coming to my front. It was like, it was taking over me to the point that I was so exhausted. And so there was like nothing left to give. Yeah. Wow. And so by the end of it, it was like, five or six AM in the morning and I was like feeling like I need to push and I just I said to the jewelers, just push here. I'm like, let's have this baby here. And I tried to push her out. She just wouldn't come. Like nothing was happening. I was pushing for quite a while. And then even she said, I think we need to go in to the hospital. So I'm going into the hospital. And we lived um again on the hinterland. And when we moved to that house, it was during the pregnancy. And I remember thinking to myself, my worst nightmare is get wanting to go to the hospital in labor stuck behind a truck going five kilometers an hour yeah and you can't over you can't you know pass them because yes. you're on the mountains going down you know what i mean uh, that'd be the worst and so that's exactly what happened to me oh. i was in the back seat i remember oh, saying shit. to my husband <laughs> i remember saying to them just call them and tell them to get the anesthesiast ready i need an epidural and they're like in the front they're not saying anything and I was like why are they not listening to me (laughs) and like because they knew I was pushing you know what I mean so they're just looking at me like these eyes of like it's gonna be okay and I know they know what they're doing but at the time I was like why why are they not listening to me and so I was in the back just kind of moaning and I remember at the time I was like thinking to myself, it's just not worth even saying anything. Just, I'll just be silent and I'll just, <laughs> we're going to get there soon. And so we got there and, oh um, we parked right in front of the hospital entrance and this was the old Gold Coast University hospital. Um, and mm-hmm. when we got out, I couldn't stand up because her head was just there. Wow. So they had to get a wheelchair. I just could not stand up. I couldn't. <sighs> so they got the wheelchair. I was literally on the wheelchair. They got quickly into the elevator. We got up. And then I remember seeing my midwife as we're going into the room. And I said to the midwife, get me an epidural. <laughs> <laughs> and she said to me, oh, hon, let's just examine you. We'll just check where this baby's at. And, I, and she, she couldn't even put her finger in because the baby's head was just there. Like her, her head. Wow. And she said to me. So you nearly had a car well, I birth. I nearly had a car birth. And she said, let's yeah. just kneel over this way. And the minute I just changed position again, I don't know if it's the car ride because I was changing positions quite a lot at home. She said, let's just yeah. change positions again. And when I moved my leg to change to the next position, she just flopped out. And the, the midwife literally caught her like a football hole. What? That is that so amazing. It. And I was, I was literally there for maybe like 10 minutes. Like, that oh was it. Oh, my so. gosh. So literally she just came shooting <laughs> out. Shooting <laughs> out. And, the, like, the midwife was like, that's, that's all you needed. Just, like, you know. to let, she, oh. she knew that if I got – because every time I got there too early, I was too much in my head. And I was just stopping yeah. labor. I just needed to get there when there was no stopping it anymore. Yeah. 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 And that was it. 
Wow, that's incredible. And did you get the oxytocin rush again? Oh, definitely. Like I was, yeah. uh, we were out of there within four hours. I was like, oh, this wow. is freaking amazing. When I look back at birth, even though I was absolutely exhausted, I was like, mm-hmm. you're, you're amazing. Like what you just did, you yeah. know what I mean? That was a hard labor. And you know what? My doula, mm-hmm. I just like I bowed down to her. I don't know. She was just so mm-hmm. amazing. I couldn't have done that without her. Like she was incredible, yeah. like the whole way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She she was just there for me, and she just knew what to say, how to touch me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what she was mm-hmm. just there. I just needed her, and she she did it. Yeah, yeah, that's so amazing. Yeah. And is that what triggered you to go down your own path of becoming a doula? Yes. So when I had Talia I was like awakened I was like wow yes I had this amazing birth with Portia but then Talia showed me what you can do with your mind when birth is really challenging you know what I mean yeah and what Mm. the essence of what that doula's role kind of provided in those circumstances as well and so Mm. I was like I think I think I could do this like I think I could be that person for somebody else and so yeah when Talia was around probably eight months or so I started studying to be a doula and when she was around a year a year old I started actively attending births and so um the first birth I went to was actually a second time mom and it was quite mm. a quick labor and I was like oh my god this is this is an easy job <laughs> Uh, Mm. But I learned very quickly um, that you have your first, when I had my first 27-hour birth, that, oh, this is not easy at all. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but it was just, I felt that, I I got addicted to it. I felt like every time I went birth and I saw the mom come into her own power, Mm -hmm. not only transformed her, but it transformed me, changed the way Mm. I view women. Um, it just gave me something that I needed it, that I felt was lacking. It felt that I, I kind of wanted to give that support back. I wanted to be sort of like that mother figure in the room that mm. making her feel like nothing is impossible. Like, you know, she can do that yeah. and, and to give her that security that, that, you know, the reassurance that somebody's there who cares about her. And so that was really yeah. important for me uh, because for me, it wasn't about, coming into this because I absolutely love babies and and all that I just it wasn't about that it was about nurturing women and that's what kind of drove Mm -hmm. me to get into doing this Mm. so and I don't think people realize how amazing it can be to have someone there that isn't a family member and like you said is on neutral ground but not only for you but your partner as well yes exactly and I know what my doula did for my husband Mm. um, and how much she helped him oh absolutely it's just a huge difference like the way she just normalized it for him like you know just to give him that nod of like it's okay like this is normal you know what I mean and that's all you need Mm, you know so true that's all you really need to be able to keep going on so how long have you been a doula for so I've been a doula now for over eight years wow yeah do you know how many births you've been to over a hundred I stopped counting when I got to a hundred so it's over a hundred wow that's a lot of babies Um, yeah, but I've taught um, probably double that with childbirth education. And so I've seen a lot of 
expectant. I've worked with a lot of expectant families, but in terms of attending yeah. birth, it's it's something. Well, yeah, well over a hundred. Wow. Um, yeah, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Like you have to love it if you're going out of the house at like three a.m. Yes, absolutely. Never knowing when you're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, or going yeah. backwards and forwards in my case. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cases like that. It's not just your case. <laughs> okay. Phew. Yeah. So I think we'll go to a couple of the questions okay. that we picked out from the listeners. Yeah. The first one is, what does a doula do? Okay. So a doula really provides. Um, a lot of education in that prenatal period. So when you mm-hmm. kind of hire your doula, you first the first thing that I find it's really important is that you guys have a connection together. So yes, I've so had clients that I've met with um, that I just haven't felt that connection, and I kind of you know I don't want to take someone on as a client that I don't feel interesting. One hundred percent. Like that's a yeah. really important. Yeah, it so, is so important. True. So you've actually had clients where you're like, "I'm not feeling the vibe. I'm probably not right for you." Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that honesty. That's good. Yeah. So, like, in the beginning, when I was starting out, you kind of take on what, whatever you know, just yeah. the experience. And I learned through that, through doing all those years of experience, that um, it just doesn't work if you don't Mm -hmm. have a connection, you know, it doesn't work if you don't have the connection with, you know, the partner or it doesn't work if you don't have that connection with the expectant mother. Um, There's so many elements that go into that. And one of the most important thing is having that vibe, you know what I mean? That deep connection. So um, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing. And the second thing is that trust. So Mm -hmm. you build that trust, you know, like, you know, when we kind of met together, I knew the first time I spoke to you on the phone, I was like, I love this chick. <laughs> She's amazing. Likewise. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just felt, I felt like we were on the same wavelength yeah. and we got each other. So and important. that's really important. You know what I mean? And, you know, especially if you're with, on, with someone at a long birth and, you know, mm. you and the, you know, I, I'm working essentially with their partner to, to facilitate that space for her, to make sure, sure she's feeling safe and nurtured. Mm. And I have to kind of, be working with this person for hours you know what i mean yeah. so we need to be on the same wave like with what we're wanting and how we're approaching this yeah. so that's really important so a doula provides that trust that connection she provides a lot of educational support so a lot of women that contact oh, yeah. really later on in their pregnancy and if i don't have the time to do those sessions together or for them to attend my classes i say listen i can't give you that and that's an essential element to birth. It is essential. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I mean, you can't just walk into your birth expecting the doula to save you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yes, you totally need to agree do, with you. Exactly. So you need to do that. You need to do that education. And I mean, I, I feel like with my with the twins, I did a lot more research with yeah. that pregnancy. But even with all that research and the books I read, mm-hmm. I still learnt so much from those classes we did with you guys. Yeah. 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 And so that, they are crucial. Thing, yeah. They are. They're really crucial. And I find that if you're just relying on doing the, the childbirth education classes at the hospital, you're missing out on so much. So yeah. that's what a doula provides you. She provides you with that education. She provides you with a lot of resources to be able to 
know what birth uh, will look like, sound like, um, even kind of to essentially how it will feel like in terms of trying to relay yourself to different situations in your life where you had struggles and things like that. And if you had mm. birth trauma, she'll help you debrief that, normalize mm. things for you and kind of get you to get a picture of what you're wanting for your birth rather than focusing on what you don't want. For that mm. birth, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so there's a lot of that stuff going on prenatally, which is really, really an essential component. And especially getting the partner educated is an essential component because mm. I find myself as a doula that I wasn't focusing on that as much when I initially became a doula. But as I learned that the more the partner is educated, mm. the birth actually goes better. Yeah, right. So, and a lot of that stuff gets done in that early labor phase when I'm not even there. So if the partner's exactly. kind of not even knowing what to do and what to say and how to move with her and things like that, then mm. that's a huge missing link in terms of when I get there, it might just be a little bit too late to reposition baby or do this or do that. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. So um, that gets done that prenatal period. Then what a doula provides during the birth is, first of all, when she comes into that space, you know, I don't do any vaginal examinations or anything medical. I'm just there to observe her mm -hmm. and to kind of know what she needs based on that moment. So I don't need to to stick up my fingers up her vagina to know where she's at in labor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I you can go from just looking at that woman that, yep, this is actually going quite well or no, this is might not just be, you know, baby mm -hmm. might be a little bit malpositioned. We need to do this or that. So a doula, um, an experienced doula is educated on that position. She's educated mm -hmm. when things are maybe a little bit abnormal, what the choices are for that mom at that stage. And she can offer alternatives to things like medical intervention knowing when to go into the hospital, you know, supporting the partner. So he's, you know, he or she's are get there getting breaks, things like that. Um, all those vital elements. And the most important thing is that she is there. So the mom feels safe yeah. there to look at this person who's not only had her, you know, her own babies, but she supported so many women before her and that she trusts what's going on. So that when she's mm. looking into her eyes, she's kind of going, you've got this. You don't, yeah. you know what I mean? You totally mm. don't. And so, um, and if they kind of hit that, any crisis of confidence moment, she's there to relay that, that confidence so that she can remember mm. her strengths as, as the woman having this baby. Yeah. Um, and she stays with her till that baby's born. Um, and then again, the doula then provides the postnatal session to kind of go, this is what happened. Cause her brain is all kind of mushy with the memories of what happened at that birth. Mm. I know you know you did this and that or you know it's just to kind of you know make sure that she knows that she did everything that she could have birthed and go to plan or if it mm -hmm. didn't to kind of relay what was going on in her head so she can kind of put things into perspective for her of what yeah. happened you know what I mean it's huge so huge I mean ours wouldn't have been a positive journey without you so we're very grateful thank you Thank you. I appreciate that. So question number two, how do you find doulas? Okay. So um, you can find doulas, Google it online, find them, whatever. Yeah. That's probably the, the kind of the easiest way to kind of find a doula. But mm -hmm. I would say the best way to find a doula is by word of mouth. Yes. So um, there's a lot of Facebook forums, um, like in your area that you can just write who did you use as a doula and kind of just look it up and look what other who other people use and get recommendations that way uh look up on reviews or testimonials things like that mm -hmm. but it's 
better to kind of hear other women's experience with their particular doula and I not agree. to pick anybody. And again, you know, having a phone call, meeting up with someone will give you again that the first kind of initiation to kind of go, yeah, this person suits my needs or no, mm. I'm just vibing with them. Yeah, exactly. Number three, juggling being on call with kids. I'm excited to hear this one. (laughs) So uh, when I first started out, like I said, Talia was about one. Um, Wow. Yeah, it was huge. I I really wanted to get into it and I was like, yeah, give me any birth you've got. I've got this. And (sighs) I remember every time I used to leave the house, I just felt this immense guilt of like, oh, no. you know, because she was so small. And then my other one's like only you know, three or four kind of thing. And it was like, oh, I was just so, I was devastated living her. But so I started out slowly in the beginning and kind of ramped it up <laughs> as I went on. <laughs> but um, it was really hard. It was really challenging. My, the best thing that's kind of happened to us is that my husband's really flexible with his work. So oh, if awesome. I go to a birth, he can work from home. Um, and that's really good, but now my eldest is 16. So like now it's school holidays, I'm on call for a birth and I'm like, you're my backup, <laughs> you're my backup girl. Oh, how great is that? So that's, and really she's good. so happy to do that. She's happy to do that. And she's kind of, you know, she's kind of nearby. She goes to a friend where I can just call her and pick her up if I need to go. But there's always, I get a warning, awesome. you know what I mean? It's not like I have yeah. to pick up and leave. So if something's happening, I'll just say, stay close to the area. If I have to get you kind of thing. Um, a lot of births, you know, because, you know, the hormones of labor, a lot of births happen at night where I'm off yeah. at night, back in the morning, and it's all good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've, like usually when you come back for, from a birth and it's a nighttime birth and, you like, you literally feel like you're jet lagged, so you're, you're mm. really out of it. And so I kind mm. of have that uh, doula hangover the next day. <laughs> but, um but yeah, it is a juggle for those wanting to start out and to be a doula. Like if you have small kids, it was definitely more challenging when they were younger. Now they kind of understand, you know, more so it was, you know, where I'm leaving and I kind of say, see you when I see you. You know what I mean? Because mm. you don't know when you're coming back. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, so that's a struggle, you know what I mean, for, for them and for me in terms of making plans or I can't really mm. go anywhere unless I blocked out a month. Like next month, I've, I've blocked out most of October for my 40th. And so I'm like, okay, I've got about three weeks where I can close wow. my phone. Yeah. So what do you do in that scenario? Like, do you have to space them out? I don't space them out at all. So I've taken women with the same estimated due date and they usually really? give birth like weeks apart. You know what I mean? So that yeah. like the estimated due date means nothing nothing yeah it really literally means nothing so like Mm -hmm. with you where I thought yeah she could go with 37 weeks but she could also go at 40 you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I kind of said okay let's just think that you know may I've got a birth I've had other births around your time anyway and I'm like so the phone's always on I just don't know who's gonna call yeah (laughs) (laughs) it might be you it might be somebody else you know what I mean Uh, but um, I'm always prepared I always have a backup doula I've never used one right okay cool Um, oh yeah that's awesome yeah but I it would be a huge heartache for me to have to use a backup doula since Mm. I've created that relationship with these clients and Mm -hmm. um but you've never had to do that I've never had to do that. I've walked into scenarios where I was the backup doula and um, 
you create a relationship quite quickly with a couple in labor. Mm -hmm. Like I've walked into births where I was the backup jeweler and the mom's already in the shower naked and this is the first time I'm meeting her. You know what I mean? <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's awkward for a few seconds. <laughs> but then you quickly get over that. Um, yeah. But it's just is what it is. You're kind of used to yeah. it. And yeah. you kind of, you know, people learn to, when I'm making plans to say, yeah, unless I'm at a birth. It's the, the the end of a sentence is always unless I'm at a birth. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. just part of life now. So, mm. so it is cool. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and question number four, I'm going to yeah. have an elective C-section. What ways can a doula assist me? Okay. So I think with this one, there's actually a huge misconception. The doulas are only there to provide support through a natural birth. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, like you think like, okay, if I want a physiological birth, I'll, I'll hire a doula, you know what I mean? But yeah. what, if, what if I am planning to have an epidural or I'm going to go for an induction? Mm. I don't really need it. I'll use it for the next baby kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. Um, however, I find and I know from experience that doulas actually can play a really big role when birth doesn't go to plan, mm. you know what I mean? And knowing what your choices are. And mm. even like when we did your birth preferences, Sky, like we had so many variations Mm, to what we could do you know what I mean so like yeah. a lot of people don't know those variations of what plan a or plan b can look like and time yeah, constraints and things like that so if a mom is actually planning kind of a surgery like there's a lot of stuff that she can do with a dual in preparation for for a belly birth um around anxiety and fear around going you know for abdominal surgery um, thing, ways to relax her body, start visualizing a different type of birth, start working with her breathing. So a lot of breathing techniques, talk, talking about, you know, what that postpartum period is going to look like and things like mm. that. It was actually, um, a study that was done in New Zealand, um, on the benefits of relaxation te techniques like breathing and progressive relaxation and visualization for people that are going to surgery. So they took like a group of people that were going to surgery and gave them all these techniques and then a group of people who did nothing in preparation for their surgery. Mm -hmm. And then they found that the people they did a lot of these techniques before surgery had actually a lower stress levels before the surgery and after the surgery and better wound wow. as well. So, oh, interesting. So, uh, you know, all that will mean kind of you know speaks volumes in terms of what how that can help a woman expecting major abdominal surgery yeah. you know in that postnatal period so that she's able to heal much quicker if mm. she's done that preparation with a doula to help her relax talk about her fears talk about anything that might come up for her during because it's a birth you know it's still a birth mm. should be regarded as that we shouldn't just say because you've chosen to electively have a c-section or you ended up having a cesarean that this isn't a birth but it's still a birth it's still a transformation mm. this yeah. woman's still going through a rite of passage to becoming a mother we can't discount all of that mm -hmm. just because she didn't birth her baby vaginally yeah. you know what i mean so um it's so important that. you know what i mean so women need to be still guided they still and need supported. to be supported yeah there's yeah. so many things and so many elements like a doula can help her you know, you know, kind of saying her wants and needs in terms of her birth preferences and how mm. breastfeeding is going to look like afterwards because that mm. can delay some of that and just to be there for, for her so she's not mm. alone. So it's really important. Yeah. I, I think even more so when you have intervention, a woman needs it. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with you. So what piece of advice would you give any future mamas out there? Um, One of the uh, things that I 
took away and I I think is the number one thing that women should do is get educated. I feel like we give so much money and time into things like our wedding, researching our wedding or buying a car, buying a house. However, when it comes to birth, we surrender that power as women and kind of say, well, you know what? I'm no longer the expert for my body. And so true. Well, never at any other time in our life will we do that. You know, never at any time in our life will we just surrender this power and say, do whatever you want with me for the sake of my baby. And yes, Mm. we want the healthy baby at the end of this, but we don't want just, you know, they say the healthy baby, healthy mother to walk out of the hospital. But what they kind of mean is a live mother and a live baby. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. That's not holistically healthy. You know what I mean? at that woman walking out traumatized because we know one in three women in Australia are walking out traumatized from their birth and one in ten have PTSD so as though they're coming back from a war you know that's not good that's scary that's very scary statistics so we need to start thinking about how can we support these women in the prenatal period and what do we need and by what do we need how do we know what do we need if we don't get educated Mm. so we need to get educated and take an independent job with education, not one that's through the hospital. Mm-hmm. So one that you're able to, you know, learn from someone that's not associated with the hospital about what your birthing choices are, what tools you can use for your birthing day. And some will completely resonate with you and some won't. But at mm-hmm. least you've got an array of tools where when you in labor and you want to draw upon something, you've got something in that toolbox to draw on. And you're just not clinging on to nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and the most important thing in terms of that education is getting that support person educated with you so that they know what you need, what yes. labor looks like, what it sounds like, um, and what you need at different stages of that labor. So that's really, yeah. really important. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is research your care provider and that model of care that you want. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, anything like we need to actually be able to know that if we pick somebody to be our obstetrician or midwife you know at our birth we need to make sure that they share the same philosophy of what we want for our birthing um that co-aligns with what our vision is you know what i mean so that if yeah. anything strays from that we can draw on their expertise but we don't need to kind of jump into anything like that's unnecessary straight away yeah, I mean, so research your care providers and we know through research today and the evidence shows us that your care provider uh, will dictate how your birth will go. So if you're yes. in perfect health, you know, physiology, you know, your, your own physiology is amazing. You know, you physiologically, mm. you can have a baby, um, mm. but you've chosen a care provider that all they do is forceps or cesareans. You're more likely to end up with a forceps or cesarean because of that care yeah. provider philosophy. So making yeah. sure that you're picking somebody that co-aligns with what you want. And if you want an epidural, go pick that person that's an expert in epidural. But if you mm. want a natural birth, go pick someone that's aligning with the type of birth that you're wanting. Yeah. Um, the other thing is choose the, the people supporting you at your birth wisely. Mm-hmm. So I learned that with my um, second birth. I actually invited my mom to come from Israel to, to be at my birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is very medical. She's kind of very, she's just, she stresses out when 
things kind of happen that, you know, she's like, you need to birth in a hospital. Like that's her yeah. kind of, <laughs> you know. Um, and so when I was in labor with her and things were progressing quite well and, you know, I already had my doula there and stuff like she used to come every two seconds to me and say, um, should we go to the hospital? Should we go to the hospital? Should we go to the hospital? <laughs> and that oh, <laughs> totally gosh. stressed Bless me her. out. And yeah. it literally slowed my contractions down. So, um, I rang my sister and I told her to get the hell out of the house. And so <laughs> my sister, <laughs> my sister picked her up and she got her out of the house. And I was in active labor, like within the hour when wow. she got her out of the house. So <laughs> yeah, if you've got, you know, if you're choosing somebody there, it could be a friend, yeah. <laughs> it could be yeah. your mother-in-law, your mom, whoever it is, if they're not um, on the on same board. page exactly you know what I mean and your environment affects you yes. everything in your environment affects yeah it you. can totally derail your birth so like yeah. making sure that you pick the people that are in the same wavelength as what you want for that birthing you know what I mean mm-hmm. so that if you hit a point where you feel like you can't do it anymore you don't have someone there that's going to want to just save you and pick you up and say okay let's go to the hospital and we're done yeah. you know what I mean it's yeah. going to be someone that's going to look at you and say you're doing amazing. Like this mm. is what you look like. Keep going. You know what I mean? Mm. Like somebody there that's going to pick you up rather than just kind of sympathize for you. Yeah, I agree. Cause there was definitely moments in my birth where I needed that reassurance yeah. from somewhere else because yeah. there were definitely moments where I wanted to give up, but if I had of and didn't yeah. get pushed further, yeah. I would have walked away with so much regret. It's really important. And you, you are a freaking rock star. Star. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I oh gosh power that day woman <laughs> thank you hey look uh, I couldn't have done yeah. it without you guys so it was all of us yeah, it was a team know, effort it, it was a t- it was definitely a team effort but you're the one doing it you know what I mean mm, and you could have easily said I'm my, ticketing out I'm done you know what I mean mm. so it was you you did so much preparation that's what I'm saying if you don't get that that preparation ahead of time and you're not mm-hmm. kind of letting your mind um, take over to just allow everything to do what it needs to do, then you're, yeah. you're out. It doesn't matter who you put around yes. you, you're out. You know what I mean? So yeah, I agree. And that's, and that's the mom, the mom doing it. So, um, yeah. and just to, don't go with the flow attitude during your pregnancy. Don't just say, okay, I'll just hold off and I'll, you know, that's why I hire the doctor for the midwife, you know what I mean? Mm. Because again, you're the one birthing your baby. You can't expect the doula your partner, the midwife, the obstetrician to save you. Mm-hmm. You need to take the time to invest in yourself because this is not something that um, you'll forget. This is something that you'll yeah. be able to recall when you're 80. It's the biggest moment of your life, it's, giving birth. I mean, it, it's bigger than your wedding. It is. It really is. Like I can tell you, my, my first daughter's birth happened more than 16 years ago. And yeah. I can tell you what the room smelled like. I can tell you how I was feeling. I can tell you Mm -hmm. what the midwife was saying over me. Like, I can tell you everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't forget that. You just do not. You don't. Yeah. So you want to be able to Mm. look back and go, wow, that was an amazing experience. And Mm. that can be any experience. Like, I've supported women who've had highly medicalized births. You know what I mean? And for good reason because they needed it. You know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. um, And they've walked away from that going, you know what? I'm amazing. Like that was, that was mm. a positive experience because no one mm. 
you know, bombarded me to making these decisions. Uh, yeah. I had the, you know, I had a choice. So important. It's so important. Yeah. So I think that's, that's kind of my um, advice in terms of what you should do mm. to prepare. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. Uh, Moran, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your journey and all your wisdom and knowledge about birth. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're seriously amazing. Thank you so much. No worries. No worries at all. Thank you for having me, hon. What an episode. Such diverse stories. And again, a terrific reminder how perfectly capable we are as women to birth. For those of you that don't know much about doulas, I hope today's episode gave you some insight into what services they offer. And if you love all things birth, head over to Moran's Instagram page for some daily inspiration. I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.